Welcome to the Silver Screen Guide Podcast, where we discuss films from every genre. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. All right, fellow film aficionados, we just finished watching the Oscars, probably just like you did, and we're here to talk about every single winner, and we're going to give you our thoughts, where they ranked on our list, we're going to talk about the upsets of the night, we're going to talk about the highlights of the night, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, we're just going to talk about it all. We're really excited to do this. This is your co-host, Corbin. I'm Alan from Chicago, except not today. I'm actually in Kansas. Yes, we got to watch the Oscars together. It was a really cool surprise. I didn't think we were going to be watching yeah. this together. Yeah. Come to find out, hey, I'm on spring break the same week the Oscars go on. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, it worked really well, and uh, we were really excited to get to watch these together. And I want to start off with just a little story about my road to the Oscars 2018, I guess you could say. So I told you a couple podcasts back that I was getting to see all of these uh, nominations through the magic of Movie Pass. Well, I ordered my Movie Pass about 40 days ago, and it still hasn't come. And I'm Alan got his in a week for yeah. whatever bizarre reason. I ordered mine. You ordered yours like no longer than a few days it, after I got mine. I got days. mine. Yeah, I got mine a a week after I ordered it, which is about the time they estimated. And you ordered yours like four days, is what you said. Yes, and you still haven't gotten it. <laughs> so I'm not sure what's going on there, but yeah. Yeah, that is incredibly frustrating. I, I've reached out to MoviePass multiple occasions, and maybe if somebody is listening from MoviePass on this, or somebody with a little pull, I don't know, but I would really love to have the <laughs> MoviePass that I paid for about two months ago. So anyway, no thanks to MoviePass, I didn't see this. It was really coming down to the wire for me to see these movies. I did see all nine films and I saw nearly every movie nominated save for about five. A couple of them were in limbo. It was pretty much impossible for anybody to get their hands on them during this time unless you had seen them during their very beginning of their theatrical run. And does that, that, does that also include the documentaries and the foreign language films and the short films too? Are those, are those all separate? I am actually not counting those. Okay. I had no intention of seeing any of the foreign language or documentary films. I really just didn't have time right. uh, while being in school. I've got a lot going on, but I really did want to make time for all the uh, the more bigger, I guess you could say, categories. And so, yeah, I watched a ton of movies. And thankfully, Regal Cinemas does a Best Picture Film Festival, and now that Regal Cinemas is in our town, I was able to buy a film festival pass, and over the weekend, I saw, I had already rented a couple and watched them in the home theater, and I went to the theater twice on Friday and three times on Saturday, so I saw five movies in the weekend, and then after that, I went back to the theater that Monday, so counting those three days three or four days, I saw six movies in the theater. So it was quite the marathon to get to see all these movies, but I was really excited. I got to see mostly all of them. I was disappointed. There was a couple I didn't get to see that I definitely will go back and see and uh, maybe give my opinion on social media through just a post or something like that. Yeah. And I tried to see all of them. Um, Phantom Thread was one 
that my roommate and I had been had made plans to go see multiple times because it did not show anywhere in my area for whatever reason, even when it got the wide release. So and it, it, the closest place, the closest theater was about a half an hour or so away. And I don't have a car, but he does, but he's busy. So it just didn't work out. And next thing we know, it's not in the theaters anymore, and it's the Oscars. Phantom Thread had a, Phantom Thread had a really weird run. And it came here, I know that, and you got to see it. And I was really jealous, and I'm still really jealous because I haven't gotten to see it yet. And now it's in limbo. I can't see it. So, whatever. I'm going to, tr- although, I am going to try and get to all the foreign films. Mm, it's a dream of mine to get to documentaries. Um, and the short films and all of the other ones um, that you didn't get to, Corbin. And hopefully I can kind of finish up that list. That's a dream of mine um, that I'd love to do eventually. Um, I can't, I'm not going to promise anything. I'm just going to say I'd like to do it. Hopefully, if I ever have the chance to get all that done, I will do it. Yeah, I'm really sad Alan didn't get to see Phantom Thread because I had Phantom Thread pegged for one of the big winners of the night. It got six nominations. It was really high up there in the top five, and it was just an incredible movie. Um, If you read my post on Silver Screen Guide on our website, then you saw uh, how many ones that I gave it. I was really pulling for it tonight. I was really hoping... It, along with Blade Runner 2049, and uh, Dunkirk was kind of in the the latter part of that. But uh, Phantom Thread and 2049, I was really pulling for those. Uh, Phantom Thread is just a really incredible cinematic achievement that I believe, despite what went on tonight, I believe it will go down as a true piece of classic cinema. Just incredible, and I can't wait to hear Alan's thoughts over yeah. it when he gets to see it. Yeah, well, definitely, I know you and I will have that conversation outside of the podcast, but I'm, oh, really, absolutely. Excited. I'm really excited to see it. Um, so, yeah. Well, before I jump into talking about any of the nominations, I want to say that I did a little guessing game with myself. I guessed that I would predict 61% of the winners correct, and I was uh, I was sort of close, but I was kind of not close at the same time. Uh, according to my number one picks and the actual winners, I got 50% correct, which I don't think is too bad. So I was uh, half right with everything. Yeah. Well, that's that's actually not not a bad uh, score there. I didn't I didn't rate mine because I have not seen every movie. You basically, I mean, you have basically seen all of them here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I haven't seen them all, unfortunately. I've been trying, but, you know, they don't show everywhere, some of them. And some of them just end up in limbo before you can get to it. It's, it's just how it's how it goes, I suppose, with the, with the Academy and some of these uh, more limited indie movies. Well, I'm ready to start talking about the different categories for tonight. Yeah, yeah, so am I. Okay, so we're going to... Uh, this is the order that we have them listed in. So starting with visual effects, we're starting on a high note with, oh, I was so happy that Blade Runner 2049 won for best visual effects. That was my number one pick. It deserved every single award that it got and more. Um, I'm just oh, going to yeah. say that right now. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that movie a little bit later. Um, actually, you know, we did a podcast over this movie and we both gushed about it. So, I mean, if you want to you really hear our thoughts in depth, um, you can go listen to that as well. 
I this was my pick for best visual effects. It deserved it, absolutely. Um, there's no competition in my mind of who else won, uh, who else was nominated for this award. All right, going next to costume design. I the, uh, this was also my number one pick was Phantom Thread. Uh, the costume design was incredible. I really didn't see any other movie uh, getting this one. And it's kind of funny, too, because I feel like it would have been ironic if it didn't win. <laughs> because it's a movie about costume design. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would have been totally ironic. And yeah. uh, thankfully, they did their job right and made the costumes in that movie right. really good. So right. it did win costume design. Right. So for me... The only one on this list that I actually got to see was Shape of Water. So that's my number one, mm. um, just by process of elimination. Um, I don't really have anything else to say. I mean, I think that the creature suit looks great. But I mean, other than that, everything looks pretty good, I would say. Um, I mean, I've only seen pieces of Phantom Thread and all these other movies from the Oscars, so in clips. So, I mean, uh, everything else looks really good, too. Um, but I, like I said before, it would have been ironic if Phantom Thread didn't win when it's a movie about making dresses. <laughs> The next pick is, or the next category, is original song. No surprises here. There are no surprises here. No. Coco, Remember Me, one for original song. Um, that was pretty clear. That was that was my number one pick for original song. I either felt it was going to be that or Mary J. Blige for uh, Mighty River. But, I mean, come on. Yeah, it was going to be Coco. Oh, yeah. There is no competition here. Um no, this actually was not my number one pick, but I did call ahead and I said to Corbin before this began, I said, Coco is going to win Best Original Song and Best Emitted Feature. And I said, there's just no doubt about it. Um, this was actually my number three pick. Before this, I had, um, before this, for my, number, my number two was Mary G. Blige for Mudbound and her song, um, My River. And then my number one was actually... Um, Sophia Stevens with Mystery of Love because I'm a huge fan of of Sophia Stevens and seeing him live tonight was great. I've never seen that before and it was really fun to see him. I'm really a big fan of his work um, and I think he did a good job so I'm kind of surprised. I'm kind of happy that he at the very least he got the band got nominated. So although yeah like I said no surprises that Coco won at all. The next category we're talking about is original score, and once again, I'm four for four with The Shape of Water, Alexander Desplat. I was really glad, uh, although I didn't really care for the movie, I was really glad Alexander won for this score because it's a beautiful score. It's incredibly unique, incredibly original. Yeah, for me, this doesn't surprise me either. My actual pick was Phantom Thread. But Shape of Water was right behind it, and they were, for me, very, very close. So I really could have gone for either one, Shape of Water or Phantom Threat. That's the one. <laughs> Can't get it on that. Could have gone for either one. Um, so, yeah. I Although, okay, Three Billboards was nominated for Best Original Score. I, As much as I loved that movie, and I loved that movie, I, I don't think Best Original Score for an Oscar nomination... My own personal opinion. What do you think? Oh, no. Uh, that and Dunkirk. Dunkirk's original... Sc I was shocked Dunkirk got nominated for original score. I would have rather have seen uh, Michael Abel's for Get Out get nominated for his score. 
of that movie. Like I said, I can't I can't really call what Dunkirk did a score per se. It was mostly just kind of like a tempo and noises kind of repeated and whatnot. Um, and yeah, same with um, Three Billboards. It was fine, but yeah. nowhere near the caliber of Phantom Thread, The Shape of Water, and Star Wars. Oh, and yeah. although I am really, uh, The Shape of Water was my number one pick, I almost kind of wanted John Williams to win for Star Wars. I thought that was a really great score, and I don't believe Star Wars has ever won for that score, which is strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, moving on to production design. All right, this is the first one where I wasn't right. Now, as I stipulated in the post on the website, that all of all of my number two picks, I was totally satisfied and happy if they won as well. Uh, one and two were fairly close. I'm not counting that towards me being right or my guesses, because yes, they technically were my second pick. But The Shape of Water won for production design, and I'm totally fine with that. It had an incredible production design. Oh yeah, same here. And I personally, personally would have liked uh, Blade Runner to get it, just because. And I know we'll talk about that a bit later. Uh, Blade Runner is um, a fantastic movie, yeah, and a uh, I'd say one of Denis Villeneuve's uh, masterpieces. But that's just us being biased. Um, yeah, I'm totally satisfied with The Shape of Water getting this. It looks great, and I can't get over the fact of how great. Shape of Water looks. Uh, Guillermo del Toro has a great eye, not only with production design, but camera work and everything. You did a great job. This does this deserves it. I I also had Blade Runner twenty forty nine for production design. It was just stunning and incredible. Oh yeah, I would say more so than The Shape of Water. Uh, just the scale of Blade Runner. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I'm not too frustrated about this. Going next into sound mixing, we have Dunkirk, that one, and that was my second pick. Um, yeah, this one is kind of where I, I put Dunkirk pretty low on the list, actually, for me. It was number four, about of the five. Um, I personally would have liked sound mixing, um, to be a Baby Driver winner, because I think, um, despite the story... The mixing of the sound and the editing of all the music being put into the action scenes is uh, fantastic, and I love seeing stuff like that. Not only in just one, or not only just one action scene, but every single scene in the movie that has action in it is paced to a, to a song. I thought that was very impressive, in my own opinion. But so for me, this is kind of an upset. I mean, it, it's sound mixing, so who really cares, you know? But I mean, I personally, I would have loved to see Baby Jerry get more love than it did tonight. I think you are also upset with sound editing because it does make sense that, to me anyway, I don't really know too much of the difference between sound mixing and sound editing. My picks were exactly the same, so Dunkirk won, and that was my second pick anyway, but I'm sure you have something to say about that. Yeah, I mean, to my understanding, the difference between editing and mixing is um, how the sound plays with I think with mixing is how the sound plays with the pictures on the screen versus editing how it's chopped up and pieced together on the timeline to make a cohesive scene I guess that's again to my understanding I don't know the full uh, I don't know the full definition for both of those same pick as I had before uh, baby driver should have gotten sound editing as well um, in my own opinion uh, Dunkirk is pretty low on my list 
The next category, film editing, Dunkirk won for that as well. That was actually my number one pick for film editing, so I was very pleased Dunkirk won. Once again, this is kind of an upset for me, although this is not my bottom of the list. Um, I have it as number three out of the five, although not cutting I, Tanya, so technically four because I haven't seen that one. Um, Now, I think that, once again, Baby Baby Driver should have taken the cake. Um, just because of the way that they, that the director had put those scenes together, Edgar Wright, um, and meshed them all together with all, according to all the songs and stuff like that. I think that's just great. I love that, all that kind of stuff. It's so satisfying to see that. Um, I, I guess I'm kind of curious as to how Dunkirk got film editing in this one. Um, the, it just, I don't know, I guess in my mind, it feels a bit, sip, a bit more simplified than I would have, than I would have liked, but... I'm not terribly upset over it. I think that it could have been, it could have gotten, um, which was, what's on the bottom on here? Shape of Water. I think that one was really uh, a great thing in film editing. It didn't win, but Dunkirk, I'm not too upset. Not too upset. Yeah, Shape of Water was my number two pick for film editing. It was pretty well done, and it had some really nice transitional edits. Um I think the reason Dunkirk won was because it was able to balance between three different stories fairly well. I thought that was edited together very nicely and made for a cohesive movie. Yeah. That, that seemed pretty hard to do, but I think they did a good job, and I think that's why it got film editing. Yeah, I, I did write a review on this, and I did mention that it was pretty cool to see Christopher Nolan take these three storylines and kind of work them together in a way that you have three storylines happening at three different times, but they still connect cohesively together in the story. Although I do think there are a lot of people I've heard make the criticism of, I don't understand the point of this and I kind of get where they're coming from. Um, But yeah, I still think that my, I still think that um, my pick really, really shows off film editing at its core, in my own opinion. I will say, for film editing, for Baby Driver, for me personally, I think some of it was the editing was a little too on the nose, and that goes for how the like like when they were shooting the guns, it like mixed with the music. I know a lot of people like that. I think you enjoyed that. Some of that all felt a little too on the nose for me. Uh, I think the film editing in um, Edgar Wright's other film, Scott Pilgrim, was just far better than baby driver and incredible i don't know if that was nominated or not yeah i don't think it was though that was really kind of my only criticisms was yes it was great greatly edited it was well done but overall it was a little too on the nose for me that's just my two cents on it yeah I, i i can see that that criticism the next category is the first big uh, happiness for the night for me and I know Alan. We were both cheering. Yes. Roger Deakins won Finally. for cinematography for Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Finally, if he hadn't won for this, I was going to be incredibly upset with the Academy, and it just would have been another reason for me to be mad at them. <laughs> yep. Uh, super happy. Yes, absolutely. The cinematography in this movie is almost unparalleled it's gorgeous and incredible on so many different levels 
Roger Deakins, what did we determine? He's been nominated like 14 times. 14 nominations. This is his very first award, finally, after all these years. And it's a great one to win for. It's It totally makes sense why he won, and uh, this was a big highlight of the night for me. Oh, absolutely. I remember, yeah, like you said, when... The nomination, when the winner came up, we were both saying, yes, finally, you know, Roger Deakins, this genius of a DOP finally gets some recognition for, um, finally gets a win for a, a film that to me is cinematically flawless in terms of its cinematography, because whoever, whoever had the bright idea to put Roger Deakins and Denise Villeneuve on the same project is a genius oh, yeah. in themselves because I want to see, and Roger Deakins, please, I don't know if you're, I doubt you're listening to this, but <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yes, that'd be amazing. <laughs> but please work with Denise Villeneuve more because if you can do better than what you did in Blade Runner 2049, I will pee my pants <laughs> because this movie looks, it's almost, a, it's for to me, this is a masterpiece in cinematography. The next category, Best Animated Feature Film, which I think is kind of a bit of a dumb category because it should, if it's good enough, it should be able to hang with the rest of the movies just because it's animated. I don't think that necessarily, I don't know, I I don't know because I know Toy Story 3 was in the Best Picture category and then they created a Best Animated Feature Film for who knows why? Yeah. It, it was a bunch of weird nominations, none that really deserved to be in there. Uh, the Breadwinner did deserve to be in there, I would say. And no surprise, Coco won. Coco was my number one pick just because I liked what it had to say about family, even though there was some other mixed messages in the movie that I know some people really didn't like. And yeah, it was kind of confusing. But I mean, I would say in some ways it was better than The Breadwinner. And I did enjoy The Breadwinner. That was my number two pick because I really thought what The Breadwinner had to say and how it said it was actually really important and was really well portrayed. So I would say the message of Breadwinner is better than that of Coco. But nevertheless, I mean, this is just an animated film and I think it did its job. Yeah. No surprise. Yeah. I, this is something, it's just something kind of normal now these days. If, Pixar's film is at the in the very least nominated for best animated feature. It's going to win, um, no matter what. <laughs> That's just how it usually is. Um, yeah, this is no surprise to me at all. I knew Coco was going to win. Um, my pick because I hadn't seen Coco yet, unfortunately. My pick was actually the breadwinner. Like you said, I think it it's actually surprisingly adult for an animated feature. Which, I mean, compared to the rest of them on the list, is it? There's no reason. For, it's kind of the odd sheet because it's. Um, it is so adult and very, um, very dark, darker, I guess, than the, compared to the rest of one. Why in the world is the boss baby on the, the boss baby on this list? In Ferdinand, yeah, I haven't seen Ferdinand, but I yes, haven't either. Too. But regardless, I don't think it's going to hold a candle to oh, oh no movies. Oh no, I saw, um, what was it, Captain Underpants, the day before I got here, and. Now I understand why it wasn't put in the uh the oh now I understand why why it wasn't put in the best animated feature film in any sense because that movie's ridiculous and it would look bad at the Academy to have it even on the list have it even near that list. But even I think that that was a better movie than The Boss Baby, and that's saying a lot. 
Well, and if, shockingly, the Lego Batman movie. I, oh yeah, I'm not saying it should have won, but at least should have been nominated. And oh. the Lego movie wasn't nominated either. I can't understand why. I mean, yeah. incredible animation, and they're they're pretty good stories yeah. too. And I haven't seen the Lego Batman movie, but from what I hear, it is pretty great and should have taken the place of the Boss Baby. I I guess I'm just upset that the Boss Baby was even nominated because that to me that movie was it's fairly poor. rote. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty poor. Not only for a kids movie, but just a movie in general. So I mean, I don't know, it's upsetting. But hey, it didn't win, so uh, Coco still won. The next category, original screenplay. This was kind of a surprise for me, actually. This, uh, it was Get Out, Jordan Peele, for his very first, really anything having to do with the, uh, the big screen. He got nominated. He won for his original screenplay. It was my number two pick. I was pulling for three billboards, Martin McDonough, for, uh, original screenplay. I do personally think Three Billboards is the superior film and the superior screenplay. Don't get me wrong. Get Out is an incredibly original screenplay and incredibly impressive for, uh, I mean, I know this isn't like his first time writing per se, but for his first big screen film, uh, it, it was my second pick. I'm totally cool with it, I, but it's kind of a surprise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm completely with you on all this. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that it won. I'm not upset that it won. In fact, I'm actually very happy that it won because this was also my number two pick right behind Three Billboards, just like you. Um, everything you said is very true. It's the superior film uh, Three Billboards is compared to Get Out. But I think that what Jordan Peele was able to do with his very first directorial debut is very impressive. And I am insanely excited to see what else he can do because there are some amateur mistakes that he makes in Get Out. But... I know that he can do much better, and I'm excited to see what else happens from here on out. So yeah, everything you said, I totally agree with. All right, adapted screenplay. This was the first upset of the night for me. I was incredibly surprised that James Ivory won for Call Me By Your Name. I don't know, maybe the adaption from the book is super close. I have no idea. I have no desire to read the book. I'm not going to. But my problem with the screenplay is... Pretty much for the first hour plus, they really just sit around and do nothing. Yeah, the dialogue is is good. It works. It's fine. Um, nothing really stand out here. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, but the screenplay really isn't that compelling of a screenplay. It's a fairly benign screenplay. Um, this was my last my last pick. Sadly, I was not able to see the Disaster Artist or Molly's Game. So going off of these, uh, Mudbound was my first pick for adapted screenplay. I really think Mudbound should have uh, won for that. It it was incredibly well done. I, I really loved Mudbound. My second pick was Logan. Pretty good uh, superhero movie with a lot of heart, actually. And Call Me By Your Name, I this was the first upset of the night. Did not be pleased about this yeah i have only seen logan from this list so defaulted to number one um so i, I can't I, mean, I can't really speak too much to it i can't say if i would or would have not been able to pick something else on this list um above it or below it because i haven't seen anything else so i mean that's really all i can say about that the next category best actress in a supporting role i saw all of them except itania sadly if i would have got my movie pass i would have been able to see itania but sadly, I wasn't, and I was 
disappointed I wasn't able to, but I definitely plan on picking that up uh, from Redbox here in just, I don't know, about a week when it comes out. Um, from everything I've heard, this really isn't a surprise that Allison Janey won. I was hearing, I heard she was getting a lot of buzz. Uh, my number one pick for best actress in a supporting role was Leslie Manville from Phantom Thread. And a really close second was Laurie Metcalf from Lady Bird. And I have no doubt that Allison Janey did an incredible job. So I would like to see how my picks would, my numbering would change after seeing Itania, but I can't speak to it, sadly. And for me, yeah, I also was not able to see Itania. By the time I actually got a chance to see it, it had been put into limbo, and there was no way I was going to be able to see it before the Oscars, unfortunately, like a lot of these movies. Um, for my for my pick of Best uh, Actress in a Supporting Role, I actually had Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird. I thought the mom in this movie did a great job, and I really liked seeing what she could do. My second pick right below that was Octavia Spencer from Shape of Water. These were the only two in this category that I got to see, so that's just how it ranked. I don't think Octavia Spencer really should have gotten a nomination for this role. Um, I mean, she's a good actor in the movie, a good actress in the movie, no, by no doubt, but I, I think that there could have been better actresses who could have filled this spot, in my own opinion. Yeah, Octavia Spencer was my last pick to win this category. Her performance was serviceable. It was totally fine. I I'm really shocked that she got nominated for Best Actress in a Supporting Role because, like I said, it was fine. There was really nothing. And thankfully, she didn't win because she absolutely didn't deserve to win at all. But very strange she was included in this. She really didn't have any business being in this category, I would say. Yeah. The next category, Best Actor in a Supporting Role Actually, this was my number two pick, but it was incredibly close number two. Sam Rockwell won for Three Billboards, and this is the first time that Three Billboards has won mm -hmm. for the night. And I am totally uh, happy about this because it was extremely close between Sam Rockwell and Willem Dafoe. I personally had Willem Dafoe as my number one, but Sam Rockwell did such an incredible job that, yeah, I gotta say, he absolutely deserved, deserved to win. Oh yeah, I'm absolutely with you. Um, my number one was also Willem Dafoe. Um, Sam Rockwell was, once again, right behind that. Um, no, now, of course, no shame to Willem Dafoe. He does a fantastic job in, in the Florida Project, but Sam Rockwell did, of course, did also knock it out of the park with three billboards and his character in that. Um, I'm very happy to see Sam Rockwell making more of a name for himself and in, in this and in this acting career. Um, now, one thing I thought was very interesting is um, Woody Harrelson and Three Billboards got a nomination. I know we talked about this earlier. Now, Woody Harrelson, don't get me wrong, he still does a, a great job in the movie, but I don't really see him getting a nomination for this role. It kind of surprised me that he got an emanation. Absolutely. I am totally on board with that because I was surprised at how little he was in the movie. I think if he would have been in it more, it would have been better. But yeah, his performance was fine. It was a good performance. Nowhere near the caliber of Willem Dafoe or Sam Rockwell. I can't speak to Christopher Plummer because all the money in the world was in limbo. And from everything 
I heard from people that was not a worthy nomination either. Yeah, Woody Harrelson was kind of a surprise for being in this category, and yeah. I, I'm thankful he didn't win for yeah. it. I'm just kind of surprised that uh, Best Actor and a Supporting Role got uh, two nominations from one movie. That you was know? interesting. Yeah. That was very interesting. Yeah, I mean, no, we haven't. We've seen this before uh, last year with La La Land, but yeah, it's pretty crazy just to have two actors from the same movie be put in the same category. The next category, Best Actress in a Leading Role, was thankfully my number one pick, Frances McDormand in Three Billboards. She absolutely deserved to win the Academy Award for her performance. It was just a really incredible performance, and I know she was really on the fence about taking this role because of her age and whatnot. It would require a really a lot of her to put herself into this role, and she did. So I was super happy that uh, Frances McDormand won uh, definitely my number one pick for Three Billboards. I am on the same page as you. She did a fantastic job. This was the movie. It was her performance that honestly made these, this entire movie as amazing as it was for an experience for me. Um, there were there was one scene, uh, and it's this, those who have seen it, it's the scene where she screams Robbie. Is that scene that sold me completely on this movie. And so, yeah, th there's no doubt in my mind that she does not deserve this this award because she totally does. And I'm so glad to see that she got this award. Um, now, I, I'm very confused. Meryl Streep from The Post being nominated? Yeah, that huh? was quite confusing. I was very disappointed that Meryl Streep was nominated over Vicky Cryups from Phantom Thread. Meryl Streep has got enough nominations. Once again, her performance was fine. It was good. I don't know if Meryl Streep can give a bad performance. Maybe she can. Haven't seen a lot of her movies, I guess, because she's done a ton of them. Mm -hmm. But Vicky Cryups from Phantom Thread really brought the emotion and to that role. I was so impressed, and I honestly thought uh, those Daniel Day-Lewis, Leslie Manville, and Vicky Cryups were going to uh, get those nominations I was shocked she didn't, and Meryl Streep was there instead. That that was actually kind of frustrating yeah, for it, me. It kind of felt like Meryl Streep was in a movie. Might as well just put her on the list by default. I don't know. That's kind of how it played out in my mind for the, uh, the Academy to put her on the list. The next category, Best Actor in a Leading Role. Oh, thank goodness Gary Oldman won for Darkest Hour just an incredible performance of a lifetime. He looked totally different, sounded totally different, acted totally different. I had no idea this was Gary Oldman. I mean, I knew, but it, you just like, oh, you don't think about that being Gary Oldman. He totally uh, just immersed himself in the role of Winston Churchill, and I was incredibly impressed. I was so thankful that Gary Oldman won for Best Actor. This was right. If Gary Oldman didn't win, my second pick would have been Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread, which is supposedly his last role ever and an incredible role to go out on. But Gary Oldman for Winston Churchill and Darkest Hour, I I think one of maybe the greatest performances ever. And to my understanding, there is really honestly no competition with... Uh, Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman's performance in this movie compared to the rest of the nominations from what I hear. I haven't seen Darkest Hour. Um, I really wanted to, but it went into limbo before I got the chance to. My only, The only movie I got to see 
that was on this list was Get Out, and so of course it once again defaulted to number one. Um, compared to everybody else in this list, he doesn't really stand much. Doesn't really stand up much because he's playing with the guy here is playing with the big dogs. I, it is surprising though that he did get this nomination compared to everybody else who's on this list. But from what I hear, Gary Oldman deserved everything he got for this role, and I really I'm really excited to see Darkest Tower because. I've heard a lot, and seeing that he's got the Oscar, I'm excited to see what his performance is like, because I've heard great things. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I do want to comment on Timothy Chalamet and Daniel Kaluuya being nominated. I, honestly, I find their nominations to be absolutely ridiculous, because compared with Daniel Day-Lewis's performance, Gary Oldman's performance... And Denzel Washington did give a great performance in Roman J. Israel Esquire. It wasn't as good as his performance last year in Fences, but he really did uh, kind of recede into the character. He really did become Roman J. Israel. Uh, it was an impressive role. But Daniel Kaluuya was my... No, Timothy Chalamet was my last pick. <laughs> I mean, he really didn't do that good in Call Me By Your Name. That was a extremely weird pick. And same with Daniel Kaluuya. What he did in Get Out was fine. I don't think it deserved, he deserved the nomination at all. And I'm really thankful uh, neither of those two won. That would have been a extreme upset of the night if they had. So thankfully they didn't. But it was a weird nomination, uh, one of a couple others. They were just kind of weird nominations. Oh, and something I forgot to say is Frances McDormand went a little crazy up yeah, there. Yeah. It was like kind of cool that she recognized her female colleagues, but at the same time, she went a little insane. But I did love when she got up there, and she's like, I'm going to talk really fast, and I've got something to say. Mm -hmm. And she got serious. That was actually pretty cool because yeah. it reminded me of her role from three billboards but uh that was weird and something else i did kind of forget to mention with best actress before we move on to the to the really two big ones uh i i personally didn't think uh sally hawkins deserved to be nominated for the shape of water i really wasn't impressed by her performance sadly i didn't get to see Itania, so i don't know about margot robbie but i do want to see that but sally hawkins was I don't know. It was just fine. I really, it didn't make an impact on me. What did, what did you think? I thought Sally Hawkins did a really good job in Shape of Water. Um, I was more impressed that she was able to give as much emotion as she was able to give being, you know, uh, uh, mute and, and deaf at the same time too. So it, that part, that just, um, it was surprising to me that she was able to give as much uh, emotion to her character's role being having those limitations put onto her i now of course i don't think she should have won um i don't think she could have won uh best actress i think that francis mcdormand just stole that role right away from her um but i, I don't think i feel i don't think i feel the exact same way you do i have i think i liked her a bit more than what, than you did but i do think that francis mcdormand deserved every month every minute that she got that role no, that not that win the final two categories we're talking about for the night are, well, let's begin with Best Director. Oh, this was an upset, I think, for the both of us. Guillermo del Toro was my third pick for directing. 
uh, best director, in my opinion, should have gone to Christopher Nolan because what he was able to pull off with Dunkirk was nothing short of masterful. It was incredible and far more superior to Guillermo del Toro. And my second pick was Paul Thomas Anderson. So if Chris Nolan didn't get it, I was really hoping Paul Thomas Anderson would get it for Phantom Thread. And I'm also really frustrated Paul Thomas Anderson got snubbed for Best Original Screenplay with Phantom Thread. I don't understand why Guillermo got this. I don't know if he understood why he got it, because when he got up there, who knows what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. He wasn't even talking about directing the movie, really. Yeah. I, and he, uh, we're going to talk about what he has to say next, but I, I was pretty upset by this. This was one of the major upsets of the night for me. I it wasn't a it wasn't really an upset for me. My number one also was Dunkirk, like you said. Just what Christopher Nolan was able to do with that movie is pretty insane, and it is. I don't think it's his best movie, um, not by a long shot, from my own opinion. But I do think that the way this movie looks and is handled is very very well done. And I could I wouldn't have been upset at all. And I would have, I would have been very happy if he got that um, if he got that win, but he did not. Now, in terms of Shape of Water, I this was actually my number two on the list. I was very impressed with what Guillermo del Toro was able to do. Um, but once again, I did not think that he deserved completely this this win. Um, now, it is kind of funny, and I know we'll talk about this here in just a second, uh, the, how similar this one is to Pan's Labyrinth in terms of very much feel and style. But regardless... I'm not too upset that uh, Shape of Water won Best Director. Um, I, I understand why it won, um, but I, I do think that Dunkirk really should have taken that cake. All right, the final category for this evening, the biggest one of all, Best Picture. Well, Best Picture of the year went to The Shape of Water, which for me is the biggest upset of the night. Listeners, this was my ninth pick. This was my last pick. I saw all of these movies. And this was my last pick to win Best Picture of the Year. And if you go and read my art, my, my Oscar predictions article, which I encourage you to read, scroll towards the bottom, and I explain why this was my last pick and why I think, why I thought The Shape of Water was going to go home uh, a big loser. And it wasn't actually... I just, I really can't understand this at all, and I can't understand what Guillermo del Toro was talking about, saying what The Shape of Water is talking about is going on in society today. I didn't know very many people were falling in love with sea creatures, I guess. Now, I understand it's supposed to be more metaphorical and not so literal, uh, but it clearly escapes me, apparently. Um, I just had a lot of issues with this movie. Probably my biggest issue was the sexual relationship between Sally Hawkins and the creature. That automatically put it at number nine for me. Because regardless of it having incredible production design and an incredible score, I found that to be absolutely disgusting and off-putting. And to me, that crossed a line. That went too far, and I found... Why, I don't understand why Del Toro relegated these characters to their base, carnal natures, where they could only seemingly find fulfillment in sexually gratifying themselves. 
I just, that was not explained. That was just how it was. And the same thing kind of happened with uh, Call Me By Your Name, where it was just all about gratifying your fleshly desires with sex and jumping straight to it. And there was really no relationship building at all in, in either of those movies. And so I, I was totally disappointed. This is the biggest upset of the night. I was upset last year when Moonlight won, but I guess I would rather have Moonlight win than The Shape of Water. To me, it just kind of seems like these the past couple years have been disappointing with Best Picture. Um, My number one pick was Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread should have won this. I mean, that was, like I said, it's going to go down as a true classic of cinema. I gave uh, Phantom Thread 9 out of 10. You can watch that review up on our YouTube channel right now. Phantom Thread is just an incredible movie on so many levels. I won't gush about it too much because you can go watch the review. But my second pick was Dunkirk. And I'm going to just go ahead and keep talking for just a little bit. Then I'll let Alan talk because I kind of want to talk a little bit about some of these nominations. Like I said, Dunkirk was my second just because what that movie was able to do. I don't mean to call it a movie. What that film was able to pull off was just stunning and incredible. My number three pick was Three Billboards, which, uh, yeah, was just a really incredible story with multidimensional characters. It was really deep, really moving, an incredible movie. My number four pick was Darkest Hour. I loved what Gary Oldman had to do. I think it was a little long and a little hard to understand and follow at times, but it was pretty good. All right, now, I believe those movies do belong in the Best Picture category. Now, these remaining uh, couple ones, I don't understand how they got in here. The Post was my number five pick. I gave it a 7 out of 10. It was fine. I think that was kind of a bit of a political nomination, just kind of promoting the media, it seems like, the news or whatever you want to call it. My number six pick was Get Out. Yeah, I can't even understand why this was nominated for Best Picture. It was a great Hitchcockian film, but it it's nowhere near Best Picture. My seventh pick was Lady Bird. It was a fine movie. It was just okay in my opinion i i'm not dying to go back and rewatch it and i probably won't my eighth pick was call me by your name i i i did talk about that in my predictions list i recommend you go look at my reasons for that but i i got up and left the theater for that one actually because go read what i had to say about it and i honestly i hope you'll agree with me i think you will um it, I just had a lot of issues with it, uh, just also pay, certain pacing issues and whatnot. And then, of course, like I said, my last pick was The Shape of Water. So it's kind of funny. The, my last pick wins. I'm kind of not surprised because, I don't know, to me, this movie is just all about making a statement. And that's kind of what Guillermo del Toro said. He's like, this movie represents what's going on right now. And then he just talks about his childhood in Mexico. I don't even, I can't even understand it. And then they cut everybody off and didn't let anybody else speak. Really awkward. That was pretty funny though when the guy was trying to talk in the microphone and they had already muted it and everything and nobody could hear him. Poor guy. Um, so best picture, Shape of Water. I'm not disappointed. I'm not really upset. I'm, I don't believe you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Now, let me explain. Um, 
now I walked out of Shape of Water really walking out I was I I enjoy I remember enjoying it and Corbin and I talked about it and he didn't bring up a few um issues that he had with it that were issues that I had just overlooked and um and really at the time I just it was the movie was pretty ripe in my head when I had gotten to watch it and then when we just, and when we had discussed it and so I hadn't really completely thought through it and so looking back on it still a, I, in my mind I think it is still a a very really really well made movie but I don't think that it should have been picked for best picture my personal opinion is three billboards because three billboards is the greatest movie it made this year in my own opinion um I've of course gushed about this um in my Oscar nominations predictions or no it was my Oscars no, it was it was the, my 2017 picks podcast mm-hmm. that I did. I gush about that movie for I think about 10 minutes and why I loved it so much. And hopefully someday we can do a podcast over it because I would highly enjoy that. Um, anyways, I thought that that was very deserving of the best picture. When I walked out of the theater when I saw it for the first time, there was no doubt in my mind that that was the greatest film I had seen that year, topping Blade Runner 2049, which was a hard feat to do because Blade Runner 2049 is also an incredible movie. But, I mean, you can go listen to whatever thing I have to say. For my list now, I'll go ahead and start with... I'll list the ones that I was not able to see, and then I'll go down the list from there. I was not able to see Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, or Phantom Thread. So those are not on my list. I'm not counting those. I don't have... I can't give any opinions on them just because of that, that fact. Um, anyways, Three Billboards was number one. Number two was Lady Bird. Number three for me was Dunkirk. Number four was Shape of Water. Number five was Get Out. Number six was The Post. I'm kind of in agreeing agreeance with you when I say that The Post and um, Get Out being nominated for Best Picture. I don't know about that. Um, Get Out, I can see more. The Post, I really don't understand why that was up there. The only thing I can imagine is because Spielberg's name's on, on it, on it, so, and then, of course, um, that gives it just a leg up anyways. So, I don't really see why that's on, that's on there. Um, once again, I haven't seen Darkest Hour, which I know is, they're relatively similar, um, and I know the Darkest Hour and Dunkirk are also very, very similar. So, Yeah. Um, in my own opinion, I'm not ups- too upset that Shape of Water won, won Best Picture, but three billboards, in my mind, should have gotten that that Best Picture award. I think that that's a very, very important movie. Well, there you have it, folks. Those are all of our picks and our thoughts on the uh, 18 categories that we discussed and that we ranked for the 2018 Oscars. Before we let you go... We want to talk a little bit, just briefly, we won't keep you too much longer, about kind of the breakdown of uh, who who took home the most awards, uh, who were the biggest surprises of the night, and which ones I predicted correctly. So I predicted The Shape of Water to be the biggest loser. I thought it was going to only take home one Oscar. I did think it was possible for it to take home three. It ended up taking home four, so it was actually the biggest winner of the night. I mean, that's not like incredibly impressive. It did win in big categories, but yeah, I don't think it deserved it. And uh, it got 13 nominations, and it only won four. That's a lot of nominations. 
And Dunkirk got eight nominations. It took home three. I guessed it would take home two, possibly five. Okay, I did guess three billboards right. I thought three billboards would only take home two of its seven nominations. I was really disappointed Phantom Thread only took home one nominations. I had it pegged for th for winning three, possibly five. Probably my biggest disappointment aside from Phantom Thread is Blade Runner 2049. I saw it uh, taking home all five. That was kind of maybe my love for it overriding reality in a way, but it only took home two. What really should have happened is Blade Runner should have been nominated for 14 and got 14. <laughs> but that's all I'm saying. Somebody snubbed that movie hardcore, but whatever. It's fine. I don't care. Oh, that was a total big snub. <laughs> I, it should have been nominated. I think I, I had it nominated for like nine or something like yeah. that. At the very least, it should have gotten best picture. I don't know. Who didn't put? Who didn't pick that? That was so frustrating. Uh, okay, I think one of the biggest surprises of the night is Lady Bird went home with zero wins. Yeah, five I, five nominations, zero wins. Like I can, I can see where it got all the nominations. I'm actually quite surprised that it walked away with nothing. I mean, still nominations is still a great thing to have, but a win is an even greater achievement. So that this did surprise me. Also, uh, Call Me By Your Name, I had it pegged for taking home zero. It took home one. It got four nominations. I know this one was getting a lot of buzz for a long time. And yeah, it was uh, one of the losers, I would say, mm -hmm. of the night of that. Uh, I was disappointed. I had Mudbound taking home one, and it took home zero. I was disappointed Mudbound only took home zero. Star Wars The Last Jedi took home zero figures. Uh, Baby Driver? I actually pegged Baby Driver taking home zero, and I was right. I yeah. know you were not happy about that. I'm still thinking it should have gotten sound mixing and editing, um, at, at the very least, maybe even film editing, in my own opinion. I'm honestly surprised it didn't walk away with anything. I'm, that's pretty sad for Edgar Wright being a great direct, the great director that he is. Yes, and the other ones that I pegged, uh, I knew Coco was going to take home two. Yeah, that one, honestly, everything Coco was nominated for was not a surprise. It was right. going to win. I was, uh, Beauty and the Beast took home zero. Uh, I'm just going to read the ones that I pegged right for, uh, I guessed correct. Uh, All the Money in the World was zero. I, I don't remember if I said the post already, but yeah, it was zero. Big Sick, zero. I know that frustrated people. It didn't get more nominations. I'm not frustrated. I'm not frustrated either. I read a review. <laughs> the, yes, we do have a review for you to go check out. Boss Baby, zero. Yeah, it doesn't deserve anything. A breadwinner, I was sad, zero. I thought it might take home one, but I figured it would take home zero. Yeah, I knew. See, that's kind of the sad thing. The Breadwinner is a great movie put against a movie that you know it's going to win anyways, which is Coco. Um, that's just kind of sad that that's just how it is. But, hey, at least it got nominated. That's the best part. One movie that uh, actually defied my expectations was Darkest Hour. I had Darkest Hour pegged of only taking home one, possibly three, but it ended up taking home two. Mm -hmm. So And the two that got it, I hear, are very deserving. Oh, yes. Uh, the other one is the Ferdinand. I, I didn't see that, but I knew it was going to take home zero. Yeah. 
Uh, Greatest Showman, I know people are sad that didn't get more nominations. Came Home with Zero. Honestly, I'm just going to put it out there right now. I have listened to most of the soundtrack. Not a fan. Not a fan of the Greatest Showman soundtrack. I know I'm probably going to die because by saying that. Yeah, you're picking a fight with I'm a lot of people. Picking a fight. That. I'm not surprised. I'm actually, I'll say this. I'm a little surprised it didn't win. I was thinking maybe it will top over Coco. If that, if, if any of the songs that were nominated, I think that one would be the one that the Academy would go for sure. um, the most other than Coco. I mean, of course it didn't win because Coco was superior in everything it was nominated for. Um, but yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of the Greatest Showman soundtrack. So sorry to say. Um, sorry. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Zero, Kong Skull Island, Zero. I thought Logan maybe had a little bit of a chance, but it didn't. Zero. Yeah, I didn't. Honestly, I kind of figured that Guardians 2 and Logan, that there is just no way that they're going to get anything. Usually, right. you have to be very lucky for a superhero movie to get a not only a nomination but a win like, like suicide squad don't even get me started which one <laughs> but, oh. well that one that one was what like costume design or yeah something? that was and at the there was last year and nothing else of note was even nominated so that was just literally just gave given to them for no reason at all but that's a different story a loving vincent zero see now i'm not gonna talk too long on this movie <laughs> Um, there isn't really too much to say. This movie looks fantastic because it's all, every frame is painted on like an oil can, like on a canvas in the style of, uh, Vincent Van Gogh. Um, but I mean, that's really the only good thing about it. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, the voice acting's fine, but the story itself is very, very mundane and you've seen it a thousand times and the movie, that makes the movie very boring, unfortunately, but it looks great. It looks great. Uh, Marshall zero, Molly's game zero, Roman J's Esquire zero, and I thought War for the Planet of the Apes possibly won, yeah. but I knew it would go home with zero. Yeah. It could not beat Blade Runner. Yeah, I was thinking that if if all the nominations for best visual effects, that one would, would be that one in Blade Runner would be the two biggest ones in my mind. Um, I haven't seen War for the Planet of the Apes, but I know that it's got some pretty great man, um, CGI in it. So out of the 33 movies, I guessed correctly on 22 with um, how many Oscars they would go home with. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. There was 10 of them I was off on. But once again, The Shape of Water was the big winner with four nominations. Um, the big upsets for me were Blade Runner, A Phantom Thread, and... Dunkirk did get three, which was good. I thought it was only going to win two, so that actually did kind of defy my expectations. And I think some of the big upsets for, for other people is going to be Lady Bird. I think a mm -hmm. lot of people are going to be frustrated about that, that uh, that these women didn't win uh, because there was a lot of women nominated for it. And uh, not a whole lot of women won tonight. Frances McDormand won. And well, yeah, that, to be fair, that was for Best Actress. Right. So only women could have won that category. Oh, well, that's, that's technically true. Yeah. But anyway, regardless, we don't need to get into that. Yeah. It's kind of, I am kind of surprised as to how even the scores ended up being this year. Because mm -hmm. I know at least last year, La La Land walked away with 
huge amount of awards. Like almost, I think it won for almost everything it was nominated for, mm-hmm. um, except for um, eh, Best Picture. <laughs> Oops, because somebody messed up. It was kind of cool though to see the them two come back and redo the Best Picture yeah. um, award giveaway. That was that was nice to see have them give me like a second chance essentially. Yeah, I I would agree so as well. And I think a lot of people were surprised that Star Wars: The Last Jedi garnered 14 academy award nominations because apparently it's like now the most hated star wars movie after episode one or something yeah it's it, uh, i would say i don't feel that way it's but. the most controversial of the fans right um, i was being a little yeah. hyperbole yeah I, I don't now some people may agree with you um i personally do agree with you in saying that the movie is definitely not that bad as episode one. Um, oh, oh no, I did really enjoy The <laughs> yes. Last Jedi, but I don't understand the fan backlash. I do think they should yes. have done some things differently. Yeah. But nevertheless, I was surprised that it got four nominations. Yeah, because let's see here. Um, Force Awakens got, I think, two, right? Best score and best visual effects, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and honestly, I would have liked to have seen... Uh, some of these movies like Dunkirk or Three Billboards or Phantom Thread and Blade Runner and even Darkest Hour, I would have liked them to have won a little more awards than they did. Mm-hmm. It's always exciting when you see a movie where it's just like one after the other. It just keeps winning and especially when it really deserves it. But it, yeah, it was kind of pretty even across the board. Yeah. Most of these were just winning one, two, three. Yeah. You know, mostly around two is probably the median. Yeah. And I think that's... It seems to me that they're trying to even the playing board, which is really, really good for the Oscars because I know really in years past, if there's a lot of buzz around a movie and it gets nominated, more likely than not, it's going to win most of those awards. So, and I'm kind of glad to see that. I mean, this happened with La La Land last year and the year before that. And Titanic is another one of those. You know, there there are some movies that happen every year where they are nominated and they just get basically all the awards that they were that they were nominated for. Versus with this one, it seemed to be pretty even throughout everyone. I think Shape of Water ran off with four of them, but even that getting the best picture, it's not too far behind anything else, which is Dunkirk with three and three billboards with two. Everything else that won something was either one or two, which is really even. So thank you listeners so much for uh, checking in and getting our take on the 2018 Oscars. I know we it was a good night overall. There was a couple major upsets for me, but there was also some really joyous moments that I was inc- incredibly excited. Certain ones won, and it was a pretty good night for me overall because I was 50% correct. And I had a lot of uh, number ones that did win and and a lot of number twos as well, which uh, as well made me very happy. So for the most part, it went in my favor. I was really thankful to see the way that it went. Um, Like I said, minus some of the upsets, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really kind of worried about the way Best Picture is headed now, considering probably the past couple years and now this year. So I kind of don't really have a lot of faith for Best Picture next year. Yeah. Uh, I know that's just my opinion, but when you compare it with some of the movies that came before it, but so I also just did the little bit of number crunching just out of curiosity. I picked, I picked the, the, each movie that had been nominated or each movie that won something, um, in, in, in the awards and I, which was, which ended up being a total of 19 awards given, um, no, sorry. Yeah, total of 19 awards given to these different films. And I divided, and I took the average of that 
1.9 is the average, which is very close to 2. Basically 2. Yeah. yeah. So basically 2 is about the median, which I, once again, very fair. Yeah. So overall, yeah, I was very shocked. I was very surprised by the, by these Oscars. Usually, yeah, they're, they can be very quickly upsetting because you're not expecting much, but if it, it kind of, I was very satisfied with these Oscars. I wasn't very upset by much. Um, in my mind, I think that this, this, was a good Oscars um, this year. Last year's was pretty good, but at the same time, it it I think one of my bigger issues with with this year is that it also kind of felt a bit more predictable. To be fair, we did get to see a lot more films this year than we have in years past. Um, yeah. Getting ready for those Oscars, so that is something we probably should keep in mind. But yeah, overall, I was satisfied. I thought didn't think they were too bad. Yeah, just throwing it out there. If you count my number one and two picks. And do the math, I was 78% correct. That's I not feel, too bad. I feel pretty good about that. That's not too bad. But yeah, the a lot of the ones that should have won did win, thankfully. And we really want to say thank you, listeners, for once again joining us on our uh, Academy Award 2018 post-discussion. I'm already looking forward to doing this again next year. Yeah, I am too. Hopefully next year, now that I have MoviePass, hopefully next year I'll have been able to see all these movies before yes. we get this for podcast recorded. That would be really nice. It know? won't be so much of a crunch yes. for doing this, like scrambling to watch, you know, 15 movies yes. or whatever really quickly. Yes. But I still had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, I had a lot of fun making this list, ranking them, uh, getting to watch them with you, mm-hmm. and just having a really fun time, seeing some really incredible films, just some oh, yeah. impressive Uh, pieces of cinema and we want to know listeners what were your picks what were your number ones uh what were your biggest highlights what were your upsets uh did you get a high percentage correct uh we want to hear from you so make sure to leave a comment down below in uh facebook twitter uh, podbean wherever you're listening youtube we want to hear from you we want to engage with you and hear what your picks are as well so thanks for listening to our picks and we will be back next year for the 2019 Oscars doing the same thing. We're really looking forward to it. But don't forget that we do other podcasts too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we won't be back next year uh, for any podcast. We'll be back next week for a podcast. This, the, the Oscars podcast will be back later.